You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 235. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is the on-demand audio fitness app that combines the guidance of a trainer with the perfect playlist to give you a fresh way to work out. I have been using them as I've been traveling, and it's literally, at least for me, the perfect way to get a gym workout or a trainer workout without having to go anywhere or see anyone, no matter where I am in the world. And the same, of course, applies to you, whether you're traveling or whether you are in one location. This is an easy way to do all different types of workouts, indoors, outdoors, classes, you name it, with awesome playlists and trainers to coach you in a plethora of different workouts. To get a free 30-day trial of Aptiv, head over to Aptiv.com, that's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Click on sign up and enter the code The Lively Show. Then download it on your phone and you're ready to get started. I would suggest going to the Trending Now feature once you download it to see which classes are really popular and find one that sounds like something you're interested in. Now let's move on. Today I am in London for a little while longer, but I am heading back to the US very shortly. So while I am here, I have had an amazing summer spending a lot of time talking with today's guest, Erica Gellerman. Erica is a friend of mine who I met last summer, and this is another one of those high vibe living conversations. This is something Erica and I have talked a lot about this summer and as well as last summer, which is this idea of knowingness. Now, a year ago, we had this epic four-hour brunch where she, and kind of an offhand comment, mentioned her knowingness that she felt around her partner. And the minute she mentioned that, I realized that the knowingness she was describing was similar or almost identical to the knowingness I had had in my career. But at that point and throughout last summer and this summer, we both have had so many conversations helping the other person understand what that knowingness looked like. Because for Erica, she's been seeking that knowingness feeling in her career, and I've been seeking that in relationship. So this conversation is going to help you understand the knowingness that we've had and how we've been able to learn from each other. So in case you have an area of your life that you're seeking a knowingness in, Hopefully this conversation, which is very raw, real, and vulnerable, will be able to resonate for you too and help you in the ways that it has helped us. If you're interested, Erica has, as she's going to mention, focused on finance and all things women and negotiation related. So if you want to check out her work after the episode, you can head over to theworthproject.co. So now without further ado, let's go to the show. Erica, thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Jess. I'm excited to be here. I know. It's like we're eating gelato like we did on Sunday. <laughs> the eclairs. <laughs> the eclairs. But instead, we have microphones. But tell us how you got to where you are. Um, sure. So I'm from San Francisco, and that's where I kicked off my career was in San Francisco. I moved up there right after college and was super career-focused, went and got my CPA, worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and I was you know, incredibly focused on climbing that corporate ladder. And after a few years, I realized that wasn't quite the right place for me to be. So I headed back to business school at Duke in North Carolina and got my MBA. And from there, I made a career transition from being an accountant to working in marketing and moved to LA, spent a couple of years working in marketing, was enjoying it, but there was still that something missing. I was climbing a different career ladder, but it wasn't exactly the one that I wanted to be climbing 
enjoying being back in California. And my husband came home one day and he said he was being transferred to London. And <laughs> could I figure out how to make that work for my career? And so I decided that since I wasn't 100% comfortable with where I was in my career in LA and I wanted to kind of shake something up and try some new things, I hopped on a plane with him to London and we moved here in, let's see, the beginning of 2014. So we've been here for just over three years. And I came to London like just incredibly excited to explore everything that Europe has to offer and find some sort of alignment or, you know, the thing that I wanted to do with my career. I was really committed to doing that when I got here. And it's been a road for these last three years. It's been a little bit of a rough road. But um, after some ups and downs, I took a job that was just completely awful for me, left that, learned my lesson. And now I am working from home in London doing, I guess what I would call kind of a portfolio career and um, doing marketing consulting. And then I'm also running my own website for women and negotiation and finally feeling like I have found my place here in London and absolutely loving it. And it's been such a good journey so far. Yes. And it's one that I've gotten to watch with you over the last year because we became friends last summer when I was in London. And at that time, you and your career were not such great buddies at the time. Would you say that? No, we hated each other. <laughs> were you frenemies? <laughs> not even. We were just, we hated each other so much then realize it either at the time. I think I didn't realize how in a bad place we were together at that time. Yeah. What would you say now looking back on your career relationship status, your relationship with your career back then? I would say I was desperate. Or it's complicated. <laughs> I was like the really, really needy person in that relationship. And my career was like, uh. I was like, please, can we make this work? I really want this to work. Yes. Well, first of all, can we also let everyone know that you and your husband are both ENTJs in the Myers-Briggs and you guys are both the CEO. So combined, that's a lot of career in one relationship. It is. That's true. He loves his career. He's you know been in the same career for quite a while and really enjoys it. So that was also something hard to watch was him enjoying it for so long and me not enjoying it for so long. Yeah, because for both of you, it's just as important, but he had the joy and you didn't. Yes, exactly. Okay, do you remember the brunch we had where I had my epiphany? Yeah, I was creepy and asked you out to brunch after meeting you in a restaurant. I met you at a meetup when I walked into the Henry Root for drinks one afternoon with my husband. That's right. I, yeah, I was like, I looked over and you looked at me and you looked at my dog. Oh, yeah, it was Hattie. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, can I pet her? And I was like, I listen to your podcast. Oh, my God. Okay, as Flo would have it, I'm so glad you came to the Henry Root for wine that day and that you had Hattie with you so that we would now be having this conversation and be friends. Yeah. So I invited you out to brunch and you were nice enough to say yes. And they ended up being like a four hour brunch. For everyone listening, the reason we're having this conversation with you guys is because we've had this conversation or one like it several times since this original conversation I'm about to recount to you. And it was a huge aha moment for me from that point forward. And we've talked about it a lot where you, Miss Career Oriented Woman, had mentioned that unlike where I had my knowingness in my career, you mentioned you had a knowingness in your relationship with your partner. And the minute you said that, and I don't even remember how it came up, I recognized that the knowingness I had of my career sounded a lot like the knowingness you had with Jordan 
And I had previous to that point, as I've been dating and just my entire life, never had that feeling of knowingness that I experienced in my career in a relationship. You mentioning yours made me realize immediately that that feeling I had in my career was something I could actually have in relationship, even though I hadn't had it thus far. And you, I think, also recognized as I was describing my knowingness and career that you hadn't had that in your career thus far. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A hundred percent. So we've talked a lot now about what the knowingness feels like for each of us because we have it in opposite areas and we've noticed there's a lot of similarities Actually, almost all of them are similarities, right? It's the same feeling, but two totally different subjects. So for anyone that's listening or having this conversation together so that anyone here can obviously just have a little fun chat with between friends, high vibe living, but also if you're in my boat, which is that you're looking for that knowingness in a relationship, you can resonate probably with a lot of what I'm sharing and vice versa. If you are in the career boat. And I I would wager to say this audience overall, knowing the people I flow into and attract, I bet your camp, Erica, is going to be a little bigger. I bet a lot of people listening might be seeking that knowingness in the career. But obviously, it'll be a split or some people will be looking for both. Or other people will be like, I don't need this knowingness thing you speak of. (laughs) I've, I've made my decision and it's a decision. So, you know, everything is in your life to live the way you want to live it. So, I want to fully, right from the start, I guess, say that if you don't want to have a knowingness or you believe that this is a choice or a decision, ultimately, we're probably going to say that they are choices and decisions we make to be with partners or careers, but also maybe this knowingness thing is not for you. That's totally fine. That's 100% okay. But you and I have both been excited to see if we can experience this knowingness in the other area that we haven't had before. Would you say that's true? Yes, definitely. Okay, so right now, would you say you have a knowingness before we go into what it is currently a year later after this auspicious brunch? In my career, yes, I definitely do. Okay, and we'll get to how you got there in a second. But let's first try to have you just explain from the relationship side from you, how did you have your knowingness with Jordan? You know, I it just happened. And it happened, I think, pretty naturally. I had a knowingness early on when I met him. We met in college. We met at the very, very end of college. So we didn't meet when we were 18. We met like right when we were graduating and it wasn't at a good time because we didn't have the time together to nurture a relationship. I was heading off to San Francisco. He didn't know what he was doing. So, but there was something right away that I was like, I know that we have a future together. I felt like it was going to happen. I didn't know how, I didn't know where, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I still don't, even though now we've been together for 12 years. You know, there's still a lot of uncertainty, which I think is something that surprised you. Right away, it was just kind of like, oh, I I see something there. And I don't know how it's going to unfold, but I see it there. And I just kind of flowed. (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's dial this back for all the people like me in my camp. They were like, okay, wait. We want to know more. So did you feel this like from speaking to him? Or was this like love at first sight? It wasn't love at first sight. No, I didn't look at him and go, that's the guy. But I remember the first time I talked to him, I was immediately like drawn to his energy. He just seemed different from everyone else I had been meeting. I, w- I hadn't been really dating very much. I was just kind of doing my own thing, not intentionally, but not unintentionally. I just, I was very happy not being in a relationship, you know? 
and just very focused on my career because that's what I was really excited to graduate and start off on this career. So the first time we spoke, it was honestly just, yeah, his energy. And from that first conversation, I was like, I want to know you more. I like, I want to get to know you really, really well. And it's funny that we went through four years never meeting before this because all of our good friends are friends. And he was friends with all of my friends. I was friends with his friends. It was just, we were both so involved in different activities that our paths never crossed before this point, right before graduation. So what was he saying that made this level of impact on you so quickly? You know, to be honest, it was that he just felt very kind and respectful, which when you meet guys in college, maybe they don't all come off that way necessarily sometimes, especially when you meet them at a fraternity party. I also was really interested. He's a, an engineer and he was talking about that and he wasn't drinking that much because he had an exam the next day or he had to study for something. And I don't know, I, I was like attracted to that quality in him where he took what he was doing very seriously. I think that was one thing that really I kind of picked up on. And and subsequently, <laughs> I would see him in the library quite often. So that's kind of where our love bloomed was over books, spring you know, semester of our senior year. So I think it was just that he was thoughtful. He seemed thoughtful and smart and focused on what he wanted to do. Okay. Now, when you had this feeling, was there a thought or a sensation in your body that like wasn't a certain part? Like, I'm very curious about what this felt like to have this knowing. I don't know if I had this feeling in my body the very like first time I met him, but probably like very quickly on. It's the feeling like your heart is happy, you know, that that feeling where it just feels like there's, I don't know how to describe it other than like there's warmth and like kind of like some sunshine and excitement in your chest, which sounds like a really silly way to describe it. But it, it just felt like I was like things were a little, everything was like lighter and floating and I felt just excited from the inside out like I hadn't really felt before. And it, it felt different than like, oh, that guy's cute. It felt like, I can't wait to like, talk to you about more things. I can't wait to get to know you better. I can't wait to just be around you more and get to know who you are more. I love this. I want this. <laughs> I'm sure anyone else like me is like, yes, please, more. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's good that we had that because we've had a very, I don't know if I've told you, I think I've told you this, we've had a very long distance relationship for a very long time. And I think without that feeling from the very beginning, it would have been hard to sustain it. And that feeling is what sustained it? Yeah, it was completely what sustained it. That like that happiness from the inside, that, that like floating light filled happiness feeling. Did you feel like you're like, we're totally going to get married now? Um, well, I didn't. I had a very, very good feeling. I, I told him this a couple of years ago that we were at a volunteer event right before we graduated. And we were like painting a fence or something. And he was joking about how he had just talked to his mom and his mom gave was giving him a hard time. And she said something like, well, most people go to college and, you know, they find their spouse when they're in college, trying to like give him a hard time for being single still. And I was painting and I just thought to myself, well, you may have found your spouse already. <laughs> Did he think that at the time? No, I think he thought very shortly after he felt that way because I moved to San Francisco and kind of just said, like, this is where I'm going to be. If you come here, that's cool. That would be great. And if not, 
that wouldn't be great, but I understand. And he worked really, really hard to find a job in San Francisco, like six months after I moved there. Because of you? Uh, yes. Oh. Even though at the time he said, it's just a good opportunity. <laughs> that was code for, I really like you. Yeah. Later he admitted, I was, yeah, that he moved up there because of me. Now that's six months. What did you feel? Did you still have the knowingness in that six months? Yes, completely. Were you still dating at that time together? Yeah. And it was over six months. It was actually like nine months that we were apart right at the very beginning. So we dated for like, I don't know, maybe two months, very casually in college, just trying to get to know each other. And then we each went to go backpack Europe separately for three months. So our paths crossed once for a couple days, but that was it. And we were still keeping in touch and emailing each other. And then I went home and started my job and he went home and was looking for a job. And we, so we were apart total for nine months. Wow. And again, you never questioned this knowingness. No. Oh, this is so exactly how I feel in my career. And so not how I've ever felt about a relationship. I love it. It's so interesting to see how eerily similar our knowingness and stories are on completely different subjects. It's so fascinating to me that you felt that. Now, also, I want to highlight for everyone on my camp listening, <laughs> this is what I also find very fascinating and almost mind-boggling a little bit. I'm getting better at it because we've talked about this a lot, but I also find it crazy that as much as you've never questioned this, and you've always had this knowing, you also are very adamant that you aren't attached or your knowingness doesn't extend to like till death do us part at the same time. Now, how does that work? Well, I think actually this goes back to part of my knowingness from the very beginning was I had a knowing with him, but I also had a knowing that I would be fine without him. I knew that I wanted to explore the relationship. I had a feeling we would get married, but I would be okay if we didn't. And like, for some reason, that was always a thought I had had. And it has continued into marriage where I hope he is the person. We've been married five years. We just had our five-year anniversary on Friday, actually. So we were together seven years before that. And four of those seven were long distance. And I'm so happy we're married. And I hope we spend every single day for the rest of our lives together. But I don't know what the future holds. So I don't know that we're going to be together forever. But I do know that I will be okay no matter what happens. So I think that's kind of the how I describe my knowingness with him. Yes, you've described it to me in these three words, which I've now <laughs> scored upon my heart, which are, I'm going to be fine and strong and stable no matter what happens. Yeah. And I really, really, truly, like to my core, have felt that from the very beginning. And I think that's made me feel secure with then knowing he is the person for right now and hopefully for the rest of my life. But for today and for the last 12 years, he's been my person. Yeah, this is so fascinating. Now, have you had this feeling in your career before? <laughs> no, no, gosh, no. I was like looking, I was like desperately searching for the one in my career. You were dating, like I can imagine many people trying to date, wanting to find the one. You were doing that in your career? Yeah, it was like I was on Match.com for careers, looking for anything that I could just sign up for for the rest of my life to commit myself to, to just pick something and be fine with it forever. Which is to me, as you know, I find this baffling because no one keeps their jobs for more than two years lately, but especially in the early to mid thirties, like that is such an insane belief. Now I love you. So I'm saying that 
to you, right? I'm not speaking to the listener. You may have your, you have to follow your intuition. But to me, I'm like, how the heck do you think you're going to want to do the same thing until you're 65, 95 years old? Like, I would be so bored. Like, how do you think that you would want to do the same thing? I know it's just the way your mind or your ego was approaching the subject. Would you say that's now looking back on it? Probably true. Definitely. Because I always had a fear of starting over. So I'm going to pick a path and it's going to be great. And I, I don't want to have to start over from the beginning again. And this to me okay. in the relationship camp in our society, and this is actually true story. I actually believe that, yes, just like life career paths, some people do have one career for their entire lives. That's very rare now. I actually think that in decades or generations to come, relationships will probably follow a similar path where we no longer will have lifelong partnerships. Maybe we will. I have no idea. I'm just like speaking into the Jetson future. But I kind of wonder as people get better at ending relationships than historically generations before had. And as people have more opportunities and it's not so financially driven as historically it has been for people's options, like when women weren't earning and having those potential opportunities to do things. So there was like different considerations in the past, like historically speaking. I wonder if relationships will become much more in flux like this. But right now in our, especially American society, particularly, that there's this idea that you would find the one and that they would be the one for the rest of your life. So in my story of my ego seeking the knowing, I can see it wanting that one person. And I find that's why part of it finds it so baffling that you can have the knowing with the one and not think it's the one. And But you were looking for that in your career. I just find it's so interesting how the mind works. I know. It's so it's so backwards the way I approached my career based on everything we've talked about. It really is funny. It became clear to me once we started talking about this that oh my god, I, you know, I was so I feel so good about my career and I think or about my well, not now about my career, but <laughs> about my relationship and I I honestly think the for me personally approaching the knowing that way makes me a better partner for Jordan. Yeah, you're not leaning on him. You're standing fully tall in your fine and strong and stable position. Exactly. And he's doing the same. And so it just, it works. And it's the way we work together best. But it just, it as we started talking, it was so crazy to me that I was acting desperate and helpless in my career, which is not the place, you know, that like, of all places to act desperate and helpless and want one thing for the rest of my life and to not be okay with uncertainty. I would, I'm just, I was not okay with uncertainty in my career at all. And that's so crazy to me that that's the one place that I wasn't okay with it. And ironic as well, because knowing your ENTJ personality, you want to grow in your career, which would make it even more unlikely you would do the same thing forever. Yeah. And I think I looked at doing the same thing as like picking one very specific path and becoming like the absolute best at it. So maybe it wasn't like I was going to be in the same position forever, but I was going to pick one very specific thing and just go up rung by rung and like become like the number one winner at whatever that thing was. Yes. And I looked at it as I want to find the partner I have the knowing with and then create the highest rung ladder, if you will, of type of relationship with that partner I possibly could have. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. So I've talked about how I felt my knowingness in my relationship, but 
you finding your knowingness in your career and it happened so early. Can you tell us how you figured that out so early? Because it really helped me to hear that story. It's ironically one of my last semesters of college as well. So <laughs> similar time frame. And I, I, like you, was not seeking it. I didn't really care one way or another about my career too much at that point. I wasn't, I was in business school and I had joined business school from my jewelry career days in high school and it also through college planning to have this jewelry company. Then I like after it, being in college was like, okay, jewelry is fun, but it's not really the most important thing. And then I had this advisor that said, what do you really, really, really want to do? And I was like, well, what I really want to do is be like Oprah and help people. And I just blurted it out like Oprah and Martha, please. But really what cemented the knowingness was not that moment, actually. That was a moment of opening myself up to possibility. But the real knowingness came while I was standing in the library, the University of Michigan Business School. And it was out of a moment of desperation, sort of, where this realization plopped in my head is the only way to describe it, about how I had in my junior and through my senior year as well, been so unhappy, especially junior year, being in business school, going, whoa, 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 I am pretty miserable living this American, if you have everything and do everything, you'll be happy thing. And I could see that from that age, where most people were thinking that the price they were paying to get to the great job was going to lead them to the Holy Land, which you might have had to at that point. I was thinking, all right, I've already done all the prices I had to pay to get to this place in the career path. And it's just going to keep replaying itself. So it's like this hustle, this grind. And then you're like, then what? And you just keep hustling and grinding and then what? Right. So it's this progression that's not actually getting you anywhere. It's the rat race. So I didn't even need to get my first job before realizing that the quote unquote American dream of having and doing everything to be happy wasn't going to work because it hadn't worked for me thus far. So in that realization of my own misery with that, I realized so clearly while I was standing there and I, like I said, it was like a bolt of lightning hit me going, I need to figure this out for myself because I'm not happy right now. And I bet there are other people that are unhappy too. And I want to figure this out first and foremost for myself because I want to be happy. And also I'm going to share what I learn with other people. So that was the knowing moment for me. Did you question that knowingness? once you graduated and started on this journey? Never. And I started the journey with the jewelry business full time. So I graduated with the jewelry company. And you might be saying like, that's like dating a different guy when you know you're going to date the other one. But I actually was super intentional. Now, at the time, the intention came from that knowingness. I made the best decision I could with the resources I had, which was I had that knowing and I realized I was such a people pleaser because, you know, it's so ironic about this and I want to point this out. You are Miss ENTJ career person. You struggled the most with the certainty and this knowingness in your career. You didn't really care that much about your relationship and you had the knowing. I am Miss ENFP and I don't even know if that has too much to do with it. I just know I'm not nearly as career-oriented as you are, and I didn't care that much about it. I always knew I'd do something meaningful, but I wasn't that focused on... Actually, I was more maybe than I am now. Actually, I'm probably the least focused on my career than ever before. But at the time, even then and to now, I'm like a relationship person. My priority personally is my relationship over the career. So... I find it funny that the places neither of us had resistance or where we had the knowing 
flow to us and the places that we were so focused, especially from the ego trying to find certainty and clarity and struggled, created the most resistance and created the areas where we had the most struggle to find that knowing. Yeah. And, and so you never, you didn't know exactly what it was going to look like either. Well, what I did know is that, and this is where the relationship piece comes in, know thyself, right? I was a love and approval seeker because I wanted the relationship, right? So I didn't realize, I didn't have the, the dialogue or the awareness at the time to now tell you what I'm going to tell you, but I can tell you, I knew if there was a ladder, I would climb it. Now, looking back on that, I could have easily assumed I was very career focused then. What I realized now was that I had always sought love and approval from, for example, starting with my dad and then transferring that, trying to get love and approval from a relationship. And then I transferred it to career as well. So I, if I had a boss, would kind of treat them like a dad. It's so weird to say, but it's the honest truth. I would have tried to get their love and approval which is obviously not their love like in a father scenario, but just I would have wanted to succeed with whatever ladders in front of me and get the best possible grades ever and do the best achievement because I was so achievement oriented for the love and approval part. So I didn't know it was love and approval at the time. I just knew I would climb the ladder and I would chase it. And then I knew I would end up at the top of someone else's skyscraper, never doing what I knew in that moment I needed and wanted to do. So I started the jewelry business full-time very deliberately because I knew I would be in control of my own time and my own ladder. And I couldn't I couldn't perform for someone else. I would only be able to report back to myself. So I couldn't get distracted by someone else's wish list of what they wanted me to do. Does that make sense? That completely makes sense. So that's why I did it. And then also with the time, because I'm like a morning thinker, not an evening thinker. And I had done an internship and realized I was not very effective at writing a book, which I thought would be my path to getting this career started. They would be Martha and Oprah like. And so I was like, well, I'll think better and I'll be able to write in the mornings too. And I'd also had my jewelry business for eight years by that point. So I knew that more than I knew having a full-time job. So I just started it full-time knowing I would change and grow the ladder to where I wanted to go. And then I started the blog as a way to write this book proposal thing, which then actually started getting readers and the rest is what you basically know from the show. So I always knew, and it took me 10 years, kind of like you, you had these long-term, long-distance, you know, long-haul situations to go through with Jordan and you got there and you made it work. I too had that knowing that got me through five years of accessory design two or three years of business coaching to 10 years later being the full expression of what I had set out to do. I love that. I love that you, when you started talking to me about knowing that you would be able to adapt and change and get to where you needed to go in your career, I think that's when it finally sunk in for me, like what the knowing is in the career. How so? Because it wasn't, I didn't even realize that that was, you put words to my knowing, I guess. I was like, oh, well, that's exactly how I feel in my relationship. Hearing you say that about your career, it finally clicked for me. And I was like, that's how she knew her career. She didn't know. She knew like, you knew like abstract what you wanted it to be like, but you didn't get from point A to point Z in, you know, 30 seconds, but you knew you would get there eventually by going through all of these different things. And I think that was finally what resonated with me was the patience and just knowing that you can change and adapt things to get to where you ultimately want to go. And for some reason, it had 
it just, I couldn't grasp it before you said it to me. And the thing that you helped me, my big aha moment recently, actually, this summer, like a week ago <laughs> on our phone call, was when you said that I'm, I knew I was going to be fine and strong and stable. That was exactly, that is exactly how I feel in my career. Like, I've never questioned that once. Like, if I decided to do something different, people sometimes ask me, like, what would you do if you did? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I... I don't even think about it and I never question it because whatever, you know, the always that phrase like everything or every career has like a S-H-I-T sandwich and like you're going to eat whatever one it is. Like whatever it is in my career, it's not a question. Like whatever flavor that S-H-I-T is, like I'm eating it because there's no question to me that this is the sandwich I'm supposed to be eating. At the same time I say that, everyone that's followed me for any length of time knows I have very quickly and very on a dime shifted directions and dropped different things like the accessory company, business coaching, blogging. Like I I commit to nothing long-term. I always commit to my intuition, but because I'm so committed to that voice and following it, no matter what anyone else is saying or thinking or doing, that's what gives me that fine and strong and stable feeling. And that I realized when you were talking about it was not how I was feeling around relationship. I was worried that if I found a partner that wasn't the right one, that I wouldn't be fine and strong and stable. And this is super ironic coming from a person that ended a very long-term relationship (laughs) and was super fine and strong and stable when it happened. Like, I don't even know. But you know what it was? I, with that other relationship, expected in the initial stages to have a knowing. And I didn't. I expected originally to have a knowing. I didn't. And then I talked myself out of thinking it was possible to always have the knowing. And that's when I just made the decision. And I'm so grateful I did because there's so much I learned from that relationship. And I believe that those are lessons and experiences I was meant to have. Super happy that it happened. And yet I didn't have the knowing and coming into the phase of life I'm in now, knowing that it's possible and learning this feeling from you and understanding this. Now I'm realizing I actually believe that I will have that feeling or I'm going to keep dating until I do. So <laughs> I'm not going anywhere else. I want to have that feeling because I know how good it feels in my career. And knowing that you aren't co- like wedded to forever, even in your knowing this relationship is mind bending to me, but also really liberating as well. But something that I notice I'm weaker in is my own ego's faith and my fine and strong stability in the relationship potentially not working out where in my career, I'm like, you could do anything you want to me and I'm just going to be fine and strong and stable. I'm like one of those like little punching, like blow up dolls that you like, you can punch them and then they pop back up. They punch them and pop back up. That's exactly how I felt my career. You could do anything to me and that will be punch but come back up. It's just like popping back up. It's not even, it's such an automatic response. I don't even think about it. I think that's how you feel about your relationship. Am I right? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. But yes, it, that, feeling in the career is the one that I still like and you know making sure I'm working on and conscious about all the time but yes in my relationship completely now I'm sure everyone that's in your camp is dying to know or very curious to know how you got to your knowing there so do you want to tell us how that came about and that's probably more recent yeah it was with you this summer actually. (laughs) Honestly, it was talking with you so, so much and so many times about this. And to be totally honest, it was you telling me how you feel about your career. And then I started reflecting back to, okay, well, if I take this pressure off, if I just like, 
take this huge like backpack of pressure that I have on myself for finding the one thing and like being fully committed and doing one, you know, going all in on one thing for the rest of my life. If I take that off, I can start exploring the things that feel good to me. And you actually had the suggestion of, you know, live your fabulous retired life while you're searching for this, which was really good. At the beginning, I like, you didn't love that. You didn't love that immediately, I don't think, did you? No, I didn't. But it got me thinking about it was a different way because I was so tired of people saying, just do what you love. Because I'm like, well, I don't know what I love. But I do know what I love. It was just, I had spent so many years, and I think this comes from like business school or the careers that I had before. Before you launch any product, you would do a pre mortem. So you would think of all the things that would go wrong before a product is launched so that you can fix them. And so I was doing that to my career. So when people would say, do what you love, I'd be like, well, I love this, but here are all the things that would go wrong and why it wouldn't be a viable career for me. And so when you positioning it as what would you do if you were retired, at first I was like, eh, like I don't want to be retired. I want to find my career. It kind of made me think about things a little differently. Instead of just do what you love, you know, I started imagining myself as a 65-year-old person and being like, what would I wish I would have done with my time? And so thinking about what those retired days would look like. And that's when I, I went down a whole long list of things that my retired self would do. And then finally ended up on the thing that has always been there for me, which is I really love talking about money and personal finance and women and careers and negotiating. And that's what I love. But I've never really understood how that could be a career. I just felt like, no, 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 people have done this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> like I need something I can commit to more strongly. and nothing else flows as well as that to use a, a, a word like that. It, like, honestly, and I, I don't usually use a word like flowing in my everyday life. No, you're not a flow. I'm the flowy. <laughs> I'm not flowy, which is why I laughed when I said that. But truly, that's what it feels like when I started taking that pressure off and started just saying like, all right, what do I actually like? What can I do that I don't want to stop doing? during the day. You know, like what do I actually enjoy and time passes and I don't even notice rather than trying to just effort my way into figuring out one thing. And so that was what really helped this summer I think a lot was was thinking about it that way. I also noticed a big change in you after RTT. Oh yeah, that was really big. I think that was so good in I don't know. I can't even put it in words. It was like I originally I took the backpack off, you know, backpack of pressure off. And then RTT like handed me a balloon. So, you know, I'm a little lighter on my feet, if that makes sense. Like everything just feels a little lighter and a little easier. And I don't really, I don't have these crazy expectations that I've put on myself. That's because from the RTT, we found you had a lot of expectations put upon you from a young age. Yeah. So I think for anyone listening, you guys have heard us talk about RTT on the show. I did it for Erica because obviously I wanted to help you with this thing. And you just got rid of the junk in your trunk, your subconscious trunk, right? There was so much programming from your childhood that you put on yourself and also others put on you that we changed. We recognize are irrelevant to your adult life. And I'm glad to see, I, I definitely noticed, I don't know when you would say you had your knowing that might have not been at that point, but I noticed a huge relief from you talking about your career after that point. 
Yeah. I don't know if my knowing came before or after that, but I, to be honest, I can't really remember, but that I will say I went into RTT like skeptical <laughs> because that's just who I am. And you know that, but I came out feeling so good, like so good. And I think that really was a huge turning point. And that wasn't, how long ago was that? That was like a month ago. And it just feels like I don't even remember what was before that, like the feelings that were before that. It's incredible. It really does work because it was subconscious stuff. It wasn't stuff you were consciously thinking day to day. It was stuff that was really rooted in old patterns and old things that you weren't even consciously aware of. And that's, as you know, for me, the really powerful part of RTT and why I'm talking about on the show so much. But I'm so grateful you're feeling this. Now, do you have a feeling about the unendingness of the career that you have and how it has to only have one form or one narrow path? Or what's your thought now? My thought now is to honestly, I think of it more like a relationship or more like how you think of your career. It's just, you know, I used to always kind of want to have an out, you know, in case things didn't work. And I would always want to have a safety net. And I'm like, I'm fine and strong and stable. No matter what, I will be able to figure this out. I need to have a little bit more belief in myself and my abilities the way I had in my have in my relationship. I need to know that I'm going to be fine as long as I continue to, you know, do the things that I want to do. And I don't know exactly what shape my career is going to take over the next, I don't know, however many decades that I'm doing this. But I, I do know that wherever I end up, I will be really happy to be there. And also, do you feel that little glowing sunshine feeling in your heart when you talk about finance? Oh, yeah, I actually do, which is so nerdy to admit. And I really hate that. <laughs> like my ego is like, oh, my God, Erica, you are such a nerd to, to want to talk about this. But at a dinner, I went, we went over to our friend's house for dinner on Saturday night. And I actually had the best time talking about <laughs> personal finance and, you know, what blogs they're reading and how they're choosing to invest their money. And, you know, it, it was just it's funny that that's what I like spending my Saturday nights talking about. And obviously I've always liked it. Like I got my CPA, you know, I majored in economics, like it's always been there, but it's always been something that I've just decided wasn't important. And I find that very interesting too, because you've also personally talked to me about how you have that email list that replies back and asks for your newsletters on these exact subjects. So what I find ironically kind of funny about the ego is that you've been getting requests for this information from people in your immediate, you know, career life. And you still found your ego still found a way to push it away for a while. Yeah, I actually my last trip home, I had some friends asking me for advice, like, oh, you know, what should I do with my student loans? What do I do with this tool? And somebody asking me about like, negotiating a new offer that they were getting. And I remember leaving and I telling Jordan, like, oh, why do they keep asking me these questions? <laughs> you know, like annoyed. And he was like, because you like it and it's what you like talking about. And I was like, yeah, but I don't understand why they're asking me. It's like there's been these like breadcrumbs the whole entire time. And my ego has just been not wanting to acknowledge them at all. Absolutely. I love that. And that would be the equivalent of me saying, you know, just because Oprah and Martha already came into the world, I don't need to do what I'm doing. That's completely true. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle is already more enlightened than me. Why should I even bother? Yes, that's exact. But that's exactly what I've been telling myself for so long. 
See, to me, I just thought this makes me so happy. And I know if I'm struggling with it, other people must be struggling with it too. And yes, I I hope that they do listen to Eckhart Tolle and Oprah and, and Martha. And I'm still going to share because this is what I'm meant to share. I'm glad you do because I resonate with what you're saying, but I don't necessarily resonate with what Eckhart Tolle is saying. You know, it's not necessarily in the language that speaks to me. Like when you talk, I like get it. Okay. So now let's put the mirror back to you. Just because Susie Orman is someone that does personal finance or Jean Chatsky, it doesn't mean that I want to listen to Jean Chatsky talk about finance. I'm sure she's great. Just like Eckhart's great. You don't want to hear Eckhart. I want to hear you talk about it. Ah, thanks, Jess. I think three months ago, that would have gone in one ear and out the other. But now I just, I'm like, yeah, obviously. Why has it taken me so long to get here? Because this is the lesson you were meant to learn. And I think it's just both of us had our ego's number one priorities. For me, it was relationship. For you, it was career. So we put all of these golden eggs in this basket and that we had no resistance in the other aspect of our lives. So when it showed up, we're just like, oh, there you are. Okay, cool. Let me keep focusing and worrying about the other thing. Exactly. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I walked into Henry Root that day. I am too. And I hope that this conversation is resonating for people. I feel like because my thing has been the relationship thing and I understand the career thing, we've talked so much about this. And I know it's great because people are really often in that place of flux or seeking in that area. I feel like the, the relationship piece is a little still hazier to find that match and that partner. But I just have to go on faith that it's very similar feeling. And you would say it is? I would say it is. That's what it felt like. And now that's what my career is starting to feel like. And it's harder because, well, you know what? I was going to say it's harder because it's not in your control because you, you know, have to meet so many people and whatever, but that's not true. That would be like me saying I need to test out all these different careers. That's not true. And also that for a partner, you have a two-way street. You got to find someone that also feels the same way about you. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But I do see your point that there's many more people that you're interacting on one-to-many with a career. There's like bosses and clients and there's just more interactions going on. So I, I see your ego's premise on it, but I think the principle of it is still true. Yeah, I do too. And I'm excited for you to have your knowing there. I am too. And how do you, this is what, something I'm looking at is recognizing this fine and strong instability, this like no questions asked subconscious belief. I think it's really in our, my subconscious knows I'm going to be fine and strong and stable in my career. The way yours, I think subconsciously feels that about the relationship. How have you started to practically kind of strengthen that belief around the career side? Anytime I feel myself starting to question things or when I get something that isn't what I want to be doing, that is tempting and it makes me want to go back to the thing I said I wasn't going to do. Like, so for example, I just literally yesterday (laughs) just emailed from somebody who wants help with their marketing. And I had said like, that's not what I'm going to do anymore. I'm going to go this, I'm going to, you know, follow what I really like doing. And I'm going to just, I'll be fine, like fine and strong and stable. I just need to like keep doing what makes me happy. And then the somebody pops into my inbox with, I'd like to hire you for this and pay you for that. Every time I catch myself starting to go backwards or look backwards, I just, it's almost like I have a rubber band on my wrist. You know how they tell you to, what's that therapy called where you flick a rubber band and like, you know, you're like, no, keep looking forward. Keep just enjoying what you enjoy. Kind of 
recognize when you're having those thoughts of doubt. And that's what's been really helpful. Yeah, I just heard an Abraham quote yesterday, I really liked when they were talking about people's like regret or like looking backwards. They said this thing to release the resistance of that past and say that was then this is now. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like a verbal rubber band that was then this is now. That would be better than a, a rubber band. Yeah. And I feel like be, just being aware of those thoughts that come up, you know, especially the backwards looking ones that aren't helpful in any way, just being aware of those and trying to redirect them, redirect those thoughts and that energy into something more productive has been really helpful because they still do come up for sure. Yes. And I think that both of us sharing these perspectives will hopefully for anyone else be able to be resonant in one way or the other. And also, if you have had a knowing in your relationship or career or some other aspect of your life, maybe it's where you lived, or maybe it's whether to have a child or some other aspect of your life, and you have another aspect where your ego is clamoring for that knowing, I think you and I have both found so much from hearing the other person's experience in the area we're quote unquote thirsty for, and also recognizing, oh, what I had in this one area is probably a similar-ish type of experience to this other. And you can kind of build on your own experience to understand what does it feel like to be fine and strong and stable from one aspect of your life and recognize that same feeling is probably going to really help you in the other. Yes, absolutely. I was sitting here smiling. (laughs) Okay. So Erica, my friend, what would you tell someone just starting out on this journey? I wish somebody would have told me at the very beginning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, with not having a very specific path, with not feeling necessarily like you know the exact outcome that your life is going to take. And I think if somebody had told me that at the beginning, that just be uncomfortable with these more ambiguous situations and everything, you will turn out to be fine and strong and stable at the end. It would have helped so much for my 22 year old self to hear that. So I would just say to anyone at any stage, if you're listening to that, that's really what I would say to you. Beautiful. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with us. I've loved talking about this with you many times, and I hope other people benefit from it as well. Thank you so much, Jess. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Erica, thank you for coming on the show. If you want to send Erica a message, you can do so over on Instagram at erica.gellerman. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Chrome Manicure Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Erica Gellerman. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am staying here a little while longer in London, going to a consciousness conference with some of my favorite consciousness teachers, including Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, and Bruce Lipton. So I'm sure I'll be sharing some of the insights that I receive in the days to come, and then I'll be heading back to the States. So more details on the US tour and whether or not I'll be having any meetups there soon. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today.